Recording in progress. Thank you all so much for joining me today. Before I begin, I need to pray. Thank you, Father God, for being full-time in our lives. We ask that you just allow us to receive your word today. Let it resonate in our hearts. Let us change whatever we need to change in order for us to be victorious. Lord God, we just thank you right now for giving us your word. Thank you for your Holy Spirit. So we ask that you fill us up with your Holy Spirit and that you allow us to be open and receptive in a way where we can accept your plan, will, and purpose for our lives, God. Let us call on you. Let us seek you above all things. Let us call you before we call our friends, family members, and everyone else, God, because you are the one true God. You are almighty, supreme God. So we appreciate you being in our life, and we know that you can. we can do all things through Christ who gives us strength. So we appreciate that, Lord. Thank you, God, for giving us grace, your mercy, and your love. So we ask that you give us a double portion of your love, mercy, and grace today. We ask also that you reveal to us all of the people that you don't want involved in our lives right now, God. Let us minister grace to them from a distance, Father God. But let us be able to live a productive um, life in a way where we can have favor in your sight, favor in accomplishing your will and plan for our lives, Lord God. Whatever it takes, shaking and awaken each and every one of us, Father God, so that we can choose you in every single situation, God. Remove everything that's inside of us that displeases you and replace it with those things that is pleasing and obedient to you, Lord. God, we just thank you right now, God, for giving us your grace. We thank you for tuning your ears to hear our voice. We appreciate your presence, Lord God. So I thank you so much for filling me with your Holy Spirit. We thank you so much for giving us another chance, God. Thank you so much for forgiving us of our sins and allowing us to walk in righteousness, God. So let us crave righteousness. Let us desire your righteousness, Father God, no matter what is before us no matter what decision or choice that we have father god let us choose righteousness over everything else so we plead the blood of jesus over our choices over our decisions over our walk over our thoughts in the name of jesus we take our thoughts into captivity for anything that would exalt itself above your knowledge god and we make our thoughts obedient to you father god we thank you that you are allowing us to fulfill your purpose lord um, and so, God, I just thank you so much for filling me up with your Holy Spirit. I ask that you just lead me in this discussion, Holy Spirit. Allow me to speak your word today in a way where I don't forget anything that I need to talk about. And let me speak it in a way that is edifying to the hearer. And also, it gives hope to people that are lost, Lord God. And so, I just thank you right now in the name of Jesus Christ that your will be done in our lives. No one else's will, but your will. In Jesus' name, it is still in your blood. Amen. Thank you all so much for joining me today on Lost Life and Health. Let's talk about it. Today has been a very, very long week, okay? Um, but the good thing about it, we made it through. All right, tomorrow is Friday. Hey. Okay, so I'm um continuing on in the discussion of women's health. This is somewhat of a trending topic. I kind of want to get through a lot of information. I have somewhat... um kind of sometimes i think i have information overload but if you wanted to add anything at all to any podcast that i'm discussing please go ahead and send me an email and you can send that to deanna watson at suddenchangescorporation.org if you wanted to get prayer um go ahead and send that prayer request to laws life health at suddenchangescorporation.org 
if you wanted to um, complete an internship or if you needed to complete some community service or you were interested in becoming an author, go ahead and send me that email at info at suddenchangescorporation.org, okay? So a few housekeeping rules, okay? If you're um, attending via Zoom webinar, please go ahead and put your questions in the Q&A and I will be sure to respond to them there. Also, if you are on any of the audio audio apps, such as like iHeartRadio, Spotify, Apple, or uh, Samsung, any one of those, Podbean, any audio app, please go ahead and put your comments in the comment section and I will be sure to respond to you there, okay? All right, so let me go ahead and um, share my screen. But before I do so, I had talked about how um, we all can stay positive. It's so important to try to stay positive no matter what you're experiencing or going through in life. God wants us to be focused. And in order for us to be focused, we need to make sure that we can be proactive in a way where we can have positivity that is being distributed from us, right? But sometimes it can be difficult when you're going through experiences, negative experiences in life, and you're trying to stay positive. It's like, okay, wait. How am I going to get through this? Right. And um, so always, always, whenever you're in need of something, get somewhere where you can talk to God alone. OK, the immediate places in the bedroom, the restroom, go into the restroom, say you a prayer to God and say, God, I need you right now to intervene on my behalf, God. I need you to intervene on this person or that person's behalf. Make sure you put their name in there, right? So um, it's so important because we need to stay prayered up all the time, no matter what situation or circumstance. We don't have to, you know, um, pray all loud in front of other people. You know, sometimes if, if we're praying for ourselves or or for a particular person, we can go and take it in another um, room, you know, especially if you are in an environment where you don't have anyone to pray with. And so I can assume that you're going to be in an environment that is going to allow you to be able to pray with everyone, because sometimes you can ask a person, you want to pray? Do you want to pray about this? They don't want to pray. So it's important to pray for them, right? And the way that you do that is you you find a space where you can pray alone and talk to God on their behalf and also for you, for yourself. So let me go ahead and share my screen. Okay. So I'm going to share my screen. Okay, I don't know why this did not come up yet. Okay, there we go. Ooh, I hope it's not restarting again. Okay. Looks like it is. So let me share my sound too. Okay. Just waiting on this to load. Okay, here we go. 
All right, so I'm going to um, go through some of these scriptures here on staying positive. Okay, here we go. Oops. I don't know why I keep doing that. One second. This might need to load. It hasn't all fully all the way loaded yet. Okay. All right. Okay. So now I talked about um, staying positive. I talked about uh, think about what you're going to say before you say it. There are scriptures attached along with that. It's not just about you know, um, saying the things that's pleasing to a person, right? Sometimes we have to say things that doesn't please people. You know, we have to be bold for Christ. And um, it may not be something that they want to hear, but it may be something that they need to hear, right? So think about what you're going to say in a way that it is pleasing to God. Um, and remove the doubt and unbelief and replace replace it with the with replace the problem with a solution to focus on okay the next thing is compliment others every day if you can and so i talked about this on tuesday so now i would like to talk about do some journaling exercising walking and getting some sunlight so before um a lot of times, you know, if you don't have anything to do when you're idle, it's like, well, wait a minute. Now there is some negative things you can get into. You just don't have anything to do. So the first thing that is available to you, you're going to want to do. Like if it's a party or if it's a, you know, if it's something where your friends are throwing a kickback, whatever it is, right? You don't want to stay in the presence of doing some of those old habits so you don't want to stay in that same type of presence you want to surround yourself in an environment that's going to be inclusive to what god wants you to do right and so i talked about on um tuesday now i just want to let everyone know that this is also an, another podcast that is still for mature audiences only okay and so i talked about on um tuesday how i felt like the feelings of sexual intimacy intimacy was somewhat like a withdrawal feeling right and it's so important for us to understand that sometimes we all may have habits that you know are innately similar but are different from each other and so those habits can sometimes be very strong in our lives and we may not even notice them it just becomes automatic. So if you just start noticing that like you're doing things and this is like a automatic thing, this is a part of your norm. So it, it's like embedded on the inside of you. So you have to ask God to uproot those things, uproot things out of your life and into your heart and that's in your mind that has been planted and watered in your life that God didn't put there. So anything that would exalt itself above God, you want it to be uprooted out of you. You want it uprooted out of your mind, right? Uprooted out of your life. So um, although I had been celibate 
for over a year, I still like those urges and stuff was still coming about. And so I had to learn how to um, discipline myself by redirecting myself back onto the Holy Spirit. And it's not an easy process. It, it, it can be difficult. So um, we just have to deny our flesh, right? And how do we deny our flesh? You deny it by standing in constant prayer. You know, when you're having these thoughts of um, certain habits that isn't going to get you favored with God, take your mind off of those things. Make Take your thoughts and make your thoughts, command your thoughts to be in captivity, you know, to Christ. So when you do that, then you, you're redirecting your focus, right? Because your flesh is always going to want to desire what it pleases, right? It is always going to want to satisfy the urges within or the cravings that you have within. It doesn't matter what that may be. Um, the flesh is always going to want to do that. So we have to make sure that we're allowing the Holy Spirit to be able to have authority over our bodies in a way where we give it authority by praying to God and denying those urges that our flesh is seeking to fulfill, right? So um, on this scripture here, we are um, in 2 Thessalonians um, chapter 3, verse 6 through 15. It's, this is warning against idleness, okay? So in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we command you brothers and sisters to keep away from every believer who is idle and disruptive and does not live according to the teaching you receive from us. For you yourselves know how you ought to follow our example. So what this is saying is that there are going to be a lot of people who's going to say, well, you know, God know that you're going to fornicate. God know that you're going to sin. God knows that people are going to smoke. God knows everything. God knows that you're going to have want to have sex. God knows all of this. Yes, God does know. Which is why he died on the cross, resurrected, atoned for our sins. So the atonement allows us to have redemption through his blood. So we are saved through his blood and by grace. Grace allows us to have sufficiency with God through our faith. So as we believe in Christ and we understand the atonement of the, the redemption for our sins, he paid the price for our sins. He, he basically paid the, the bail for our sins. And so with that being said, you know, like, yes, God do know that we are going to have these desires which is why he paid the cost and the price for us. So what that means for us is that we need to be able to be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power so that we can, we can sustain against all strategies of the devil. And the way that we do that is by prayer and sanctification. We pray to God on a continuum basis. We should be praying. We have two ears to listen just as much as we speak. And so we should be so attentive to hearing from the Lord, the voice of God, 
right? We need to be able to hear what God is saying to us. So like most of the, most of the time it should be spent like, yes, praying, praying continually, but you should give just an equal amount or even more attention to listening to the voice of God. So like most of my days since um school, I've been out of school, right? The past few weeks I've been out of school because um I'm waiting on some processing to go on in school. They tried to say that I owe like two thousand well five thousand dollars actually almost. Um well I, I believe the total is actually like four thousand and some odd dollars. I don't know the specific, okay? Um but they wanted me to put down two thousand dollars when um and I'm due a refund, but that hasn't even been it that hasn't even been processed. So I requested a refund for some classes that I've taken and um that I didn't receive services and I just haven't received that refund yet. So the thing about this is that I've been out of school. I'm waiting to transition either back into my classes, okay, because I've gotten approved to go back to my classes or go to a different school that I'm already, you know, like approved and ready to start. Just like I'm ready, okay? But until then, in the interim, of all of that, I'm waiting. And so even when I'm like, when I have free time, it's so important for me to make sure that I'm just meditating in a way where I'm praying to God and I'm waiting to hear what God says. So I'm praying to God and now I'm still waiting to hear what God says about this. And I pray to God and I wait to hear what he says. So it's so important for us to be able to understand that when you pray to God, Wait on God to respond to you. Okay, that's that's important. Because I think a lot of people, they do pray. The, the issue is, is can you hear the voice of the Lord? So just making sure that when you hear the voice of God, God is going to speak to you through your mind. God is going to speak to you from your inner, the inner part of the Holy Spirit that you have allowed to reside in you so if you've given authority to the holy spirit to reside in you so i give authority to the holy spirit to reside in me so if i mess up i feel convicted immediately i feel bad so like okay how are you feeling do you feel convicted about things that you will know that is diso in diso disobedience to god and so um it's like every time I have this podcast, I'm still, I still feel a little nervous. Okay. So just pray for me on that. Okay. Um, but I would like to just say that when you are doing wrong, we should feel convicted. We should have conviction in our heart. So we have to make sure that we're asking God convict, convict my heart, Lord, when I am doing something wrong, convict my heart. When I am doing anything that's in disobedience to you, God, and allow me to do the things that are pleasing and favorable to you. See, because this life is so important in a way for us to do things in a way that glorifies God. And we all are growing because each and every day we make mistakes, right? And so God wants us to be Focus on him because 
each time we make a mistake, he's going to speak to us. He's going to speak to the Holy Spirit that's inside of us. He's going to speak to your mind and let you know, okay, this isn't something that you should do. This is something that you shouldn't do. So God is very, very attentive to our needs. He always tunes his ears to hear our voice. Whenever you call upon the name of the Lord, he will hear you. He will answer you. So what this means is that keep away from every believer who is idle and disruptive and does not live according to the teachings that you receive from us. This is what the Bible is saying in 2 Thessalonians chapter 3, verse 6 through 15. So what this means is like, yes, you're going to go to people's houses and say, okay, oh, no, I'm not, I'm not, she's not going to listen to her husband. You know, like some people, they go and do things that's in direct contradiction of what the Bible says. And so when they say, oh, I don't have to go to church to believe in God. Well, that's not what the Bible says, right? Um, It says, no, you, you, you can, you can still believe in God, but God says, do not forsake, do not forsake the assembly, right? And so when you go to Hebrews chapter 10, verse 25, it says, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another and so, so much the more as ye see the day approaching. So we are supposed to, the assembly is basically a synagogue. A synagogue is a church. Um, You have churches of God and church, churches of Satan out here, okay? And so you have to be able to understand what the word is saying. So it isn't just talking about um, uh, like a regular assembly. It's, this is the place that we meet. This is church usually, right? And so let's look up the uh, word assembly. And so I'm going to go to the Strong's Concordance. And I know I, I've been saying that I'm going to start looking up um, words in a different concordance. Okay, so I'm going to type in the word assemblies but before i go um and explain what the strong concordance is let me just go ahead and let you all know about the bible and i know i do this every single time but i have to do this again for all of the newcomers here right so there are um two testaments in the bible the old testament and the new testament the old testament is written in hebrew scrolls those are the books from the book of genesis to the book of malachi the New Testament is written in Greek, which is from the books of Matthew on to the book of Revelation. And so from the book of Malachi to the book of Matthew, there is a 400 year time span where God did not speak. So God didn't speak all the way from the Old Testament to the New Testament. And it took 400 years for God to say anything. And that is called the silent period. I normally don't mention that, but I wanted to mention it today. And so um, what that means is that sometimes when God, God will speak to you. And then sometimes God won't speak. But that doesn't mean that God is not with you. It just means for you to wait and be patient. Don't move. Okay. Sometimes it's okay to move at a turtle pace. So that turtle pace allows you to look at things 
from a different perspective when you are being still moving very slow. So God wants us to sometimes move at a turtle pace or sometimes he wants us to simply just be still and wait. And so that patience allows us to persevere through our situation. And so what God is telling me, um, but wait, I, before I get into that, I just want to finish explaining this. So the Old Testament is it's the first five books of the Bible, which is Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. Those first five books are considered the Torah. Okay. It is considered the law. That is the law of what God created. And so the New Testament, which is Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, the first four books of the New Testament is considered the gospels. This is where we learn about the life of Jesus and his resurrection and when he was crucified on the cross. So basically when Jesus Christ was here on earth, he was 100% God and 100% man. So although Jesus, when he was here, he did not use any of his godly powers to defend himself. I want to make that very clear. And the reason why I'm pointing that out is because he was tortured even more. Right? When they said, they said to him specifically, well, if you're if you're the son of God, then save yourself, right? And so Jesus, he did not use any of his power to any of his godly power to defend himself or to save himself for what was coming during the crucifixion, okay? And so the reason why is because God really wanted to show us that he can endure some of the same type of abuse and scrutiny and all of the fleshly things that we endure. And yet he still did not use his power to defend himself at any level. So he was without sin, right? That means that he was without any wrong because sin in Hebrew, I'm sorry, perfect in Hebrew means to be mature in nature and action. And so when you understand what that means, that, that that fully, that word perfect, God wants us to be mature in thought and action as we grow in understanding who he is. So when Jesus was here on earth, he was crucified on the cross and that crucifixion was the atonement for our sins. It paid the debt that we owe. It's basically like the bail money that we had, like we was locked up in a prison of sin. And so Jesus Christ had to die for us so that we can get bailed out. So we're bailed out forever, eternally, be, with, through his blood. And so that's the way that we have life. Um, so his crucifixion, he resurrected on the third day. He spent 40 days on earth with his disciples, right? And so after that, he ascended into heaven on the 40th day. But 10 days later, he sent down the Holy Spirit. When he sent the Holy Spirit to us, guess what? They became drunkard with the Holy Ghost. It was a Holy Ghost party, right? And so what happened was um, the 10th day after his ascension into heaven, when he he had the Holy Spirit descend on us on earth, um, on the disciples, that is considered 50. So that day of uh pentecost is 50 all right so it basically means 50 40 days jesus was on earth 10 days later he sent the holy spirit down on earth and so the main point of understanding this is that if you want to understand the bible 
um, in certain words in the Bible. You are going to need to study the Strong's Concordance. It, it gives you words that are in the Hebrew scrolls and also words that are in the Greek. And so the word assembling, right? The word assembling itself has been listed in the Bible two different times on two different verses. Now they have two different meanings and they have two different Strong's numbers. So in order to understand the Strong's Concordance, you have each word that has a Strong's number, basically a number attached to that word. Um, sometimes some words can have multiple meanings. For instance, the word perfect has 23 different meanings, right? And although it was listed, it's been listed in the Bible so many times, but it only has 23 different meanings. So going back to the scripture that we just read, I typed in the word assembly. I had to type it in from the King James Bible because the Strong's Concordance only really recognized the King James Bible because that is the closely resemblance of the Hebrew scrolls and also in the Greek translations. So let's look at this here. So the scripture, uh, Hebrews 10, 25 that I just read is Strong's number 1997. It is pronounced Episanagi. Episanagi. Sanagage. Sanagage or something like that. It means complete collection. A Christian meeting for worship, assembling, a gathering together, okay? And that is Strong's number 1997. All right, so going back to Hebrews 10 and 25. So not forsaking the assembly of ourselves together as the manner of some. So some people are forgetting to go to the house of worship together, a Christian meeting, a, a biblical, like we all meet. God does not want us to forsake that worship. He does not want us to forsake gathering together. Okay, that's what that means. Okay, um, because what happens is, Bad company corrupts good behavior. So let's look at that. Bad company corrupts good character. So if you go to your Bibles to 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 33, it says, okay, so I'm just waiting on this to load one moment. Okay. One second here. I'm going to just use a different browser. See if that works. Yep. That works. Okay. So in 1 Corinthians 15 and 33, it says, do not be misled. Bad company corrupts good character. So the reason why God does not want us to forsake the assembly, do not forsake our gathering together, is because God knows that when you forsake the gathering together with other believers, then you could be influenced by bad company. Because those bad, the bad company that you allow around you in your life, they may have completely different belief systems. And those belief systems are going to influence you. So the world, everyone is influenced by something. We all are born into a, a, a world of influence. Period. Before you're even born, 
there are influences that are being created for you. Okay. Meaning that there are certain products that's going to be sold to the parents of you, uh, your parents. They're going to be um, certain toys, certain um, foods. All of these things are going to influence the parents, your parents, to purchase these items for you. So that is an influence, right? When they purchase those items, because there's going to be a lot of them, then you're going to like some and you, you may not like others. So they're going to couture to your appeal and the things that you like growing up. It's all about influence. Everything has an influence attached. Okay. And once people start accepting that, you are going to be influenced by something, either good company or bad company. So God wants us to, you know, not forsake our gathering together. And so going back here, um, going back to Hebrews 10 and 25. So God doesn't want us to forsake the assembly with each other, our worship and gathering. But as this scripture, all this scripture correlates with 2 Thessalonians chapter 3 and verse 6 through 15, because it says, keep away from every believer who is idle and disruptive and does not live according to the teachings that you receive from us. So if you are going to church, you, you are not going to be around the believers that don't worship because people worship at church. This is a gathering, a Christian meeting, a Christian gathering right? Gathering together with other believers to worship God. So you wouldn't be sitting idle with people that are disruptive and does not live according to the teaching that you receive. Now, many, some people may, they do come to church and are hypocrites, right? So the hypocrites are not going to go anywhere. The hypocrites are always going to be in the house of the Lord. Now, are everyone going to be hypocrites? No. Are they going to be hypocrites in church? Yes. But that's not, that shouldn't be your focus. Your focus is, is about you working on your life, changing who you are, making sure that you improve in life so that you can go out and influence everyone else that you encounter, right? So, Keep away from every believer who is idle and disruptive and does not live according to the teaching that you received from us. For you yourselves know how you ought to follow our example. We were not idle when we were with you, nor did we eat anyone's food without paying for it. On the contrary, we worked night and day, laboring and toiling so that we would not be a burden to any of you. And so this is this is kind of like a real positive scripture like, we should never want to be a burden to anyone else. Like, for instance, with me, if I have problems, I take my problems to God. I don't call and burden other people with my problems, right? Because I may have some extensive stuff going on. But what I found out in my lifetime is that God is easier to talk to than people. So I don't rely on people to help me resolve anything. Yes, I may ask for prayer from some people but i'm not going to burden them i don't like burdening people so when i what i mean by that is i don't like borrowing money 
I don't like asking people for nothing, okay? If I ask you, the only thing you could tell me is yes or no. But I still don't even like doing that, okay? I feel that God supplies my needs according to his riches and glory. And I really, really believe that. That isn't something that I'm just saying out of my mouth just to say. I know beyond a thousand percent that God supplies all of my needs. And so with that, I don't like burdening people with problems, with none, none of my problems. For instance, I'm not going to call you and tell you about, oh, well, I need this and I need that. I don't do that. I get on my knees and I pray to God and I say, God, this is these are the things that need to be taken care of. I trust that you can handle them for me. You said that your burden is your burden is easy and your yoke is light. So God, I give it to you. I give all of these things and I lay them at your throne of grace and I ask for you to handle them for me. So I'm not going to be concerned about too much stuff because I know that God got my back. He got my back, my side, my rear. God is my rear guard and he goes ahead of me. So it's nothing that I need to worry about. I'm not concerned or worried about anything because God is going to take care of it exactly the way that God wants it to take place. So God is our number one supporter. And that's what we all need to understand that. See, people will fail you, but God will never fail you. God understands you. So all you need to do is communicate with God. Some people think that, well, let me go and call this person and tell her what happened. Let me tell him this and let me tell her that. No. No, no, no. Unless you, if I'm calling you, I'm going to call you for prayer. I don't put people in my business too often because of um the, their tendency to gossip and to slander. So I don't do that. I like to pray to God because God is the one who's going to make this entire process more efficient and more effective in my life. So God is going to, you know, make my, the whatever burden it may be. God can let it go. God can remove it. God can take care of it. So it's better to trust in God because everything happens for a reason. Okay. And so once you realize that every single thing happens because God allowed it to happen. And so those things and experiences that you go through in life, you have to understand that God allowed it to happen. Because your response is required. See, the devil still goes outside the gates of heaven and he bargains with God over your soul. Just like he did with Job. It didn't say that the enemy stopped at Job. It never says that in the Bible that the devil stopped going outside the gates of heaven. So he went outside the gates of heaven over Job because he he saw Job was upright and perfect in God's sight. So we know that perfect is mature and thought and action. So which is why I really don't seem to understand why there are so many different variations of the word perfect in the concordance. When if you look at every single word that um, is sim similarly derived from the word perfect, it still means to be mature in thought and action. So, Job was perfect and upright in God's sight. And so the devil went outside the gates of heaven 
talking with God over Job. And so you have to understand the enemy, the devil is still going outside the gates of heaven, talking to God over you. Just let me do this to her. Let me do that to him. You know, so it's about your response to your experiences. Yes, things happen in your life. Yes, you lose you lose things, you lose family members, you lose homes, you lose cars, you lose jobs. You will lose everything. At some point in your life, losing is inevitable. So the way that you respond to your losses, to things that really significantly impact you, either, you know, like emotional, emotional impact, you know, from loss of a family member or relative, you know, like friends. So you, when you think about all of these things, you have to understand it's your response to them. So just because you went through that experience, can you respond in a way where you still believe in God? Can you still respond in a way where you can still trust God in your life? Yes, God allowed it to happen. Yes, God allowed it. That's because the enemy, the devil goes out. He goes to and from the earth seeking whom he can devour. Then he goes outside the gates of heaven talking to God about you. Well, let me just take this away from her and she's going to curse you to your face. She's not even going to acknowledge that you're God. Let me just do this to him and he going to curse you too. Just see, the only reason why they believe in you now is because you've given them all of these things. But if you take something away that they love or care about, they are going to curse you to your face. See, that's what the devil do. You understand? So the devil continues to go outside the gates of heaven, bargaining with God over your life, over your livelihood, over your finances, over your children, over your homes, over your blessings that God has given you. These are the same things that happened to Job. Job was being attacked with, and he was the blessed, he was one of the most blessed, one of the richest people on earth at that time. God blessed him with many things. So the devil wanted to say, hey, you know, if you take this away, take that away, just allow, allow him to just take it away. Take it away. He going to curse you to your face. So you have to think about your experiences and what are those experiences that you have allowed for you. You have allowed yourself to turn on God. What made you turn on God? What experience shaped your heart to turn cold? See, like, I, when, once you figure this out and once you understand who your real enemy is, then you're going to always win. You can do nothing but move up. You just move up. That's all you do. You win. You move up. You continue to grow, 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 grow. Because I know my enemy isn't those people. I know my enemy isn't this. I know this is the, the your enemy is the devil. 
The devil goes outside the gates of heaven bargaining with God over you. Don't ever forget that. And so what, what this is saying is they do not burden anyone, right? So it says in verse nine, we did this not because we do not have the right to such help, but in order to offer ourselves as a model for you to imitate. For even when we were with you, we gave you this rule. The one who is unwilling to work shall not eat. So you understand that. So the one who is unwilling to work shall not eat. In order for you to get what you need, you're you going to have to work for it. And if you're working in the kingdom of heaven, God is going to even produce more for you than what you can imagine, ever imagine. So in verse 11, we hear that some among you are idle and disruptive. They are not busy. They are busy bodies. So like there's a difference between being busy and being a busy body. It's like, okay, what are you doing? What are you doing? Are you just moving around acting like you're doing a bunch of stuff or are you really doing something productive? So it's important for us to make sure that even if you are a stay-at-home mom or a stay-at-home person, it's important for you to be able to know that God wants you to God wants you to be productive. Don't be idle because idle causes you to be disruptive. That means you're going to have access to too much gossip, too much slander, too much jealousy, too much hatred. You're going to have too much time to be involved in those things. So such people we command and urge in the Lord Jesus Christ to settle down and earn the food they eat. And as for you, brothers and sisters, never tire of doing what is good. So God does want us to work. He wants us to work and he wants us to earn our living. And that's so important. Um, but so what I've learned in society today is that there are people in society that would try to prohibit others from living a productive life. And they do this by having um, these power positions and creating laws and legislation that's, that is uh, congruent to their uh, motives and values. But the problem is, is that when... The word of God says something and people do things that are in contradiction to that. And they do it to masses of people we're talking about masses. Masses are many, many people. So like you have God is saying the word of God is telling us to be productive that, you know, the one who is unwilling to work shall not eat. Right. But the people that are willing to work, you know, that they're going to eat. Right. But just think about this. There are people who need and they want to work, but they are not being afforded the opportunity to do so. So guess what? Those individuals that are in positions of power that disallow others from being productive in society, what happens is they are now responsible for the, all of the souls that they impact. 
See, I never wanted to like, um, let me say, let, I'm trying to explain this in the best way that I can. Um, God help me, help me, Holy Spirit. So, okay. So I wanted to be a lawyer a long time ago. So being a lawyer was going to come like second nature for me. I studied so many different laws. I literally have like, I used to love reviewing everything on LexisNexis, okay? So LexisNexis is like the law um, book where people go to compare cases and do case studies, right? And so like being a lawyer was something that I wanted to be, right? And I, you know, went to school and I took the law school admissions test and I was ready and I, I well, at least I thought I was. And then I thought like, well, wait a minute. Let me reverse. So I had some prayer that I did with my grandmother. My grandmother was a very influential person in my life. Um, so I would say elderly Christian women are very influential in my life. Okay. Because like I can look up to them. All right. Um, in a way where that's if they are, are um, driven by the Holy Spirit. Okay. But that's neither here nor there. My grandmother, she was just a, a very strong influence in my life. And so we would pray about everything. Like my grandmother was like my number one supporter, seriously. Like she was with my grandfather for over 30 years. And like she had all, she had eight kids by one man, which is my grandfather. And one of her, one of her children, um, was a stillborn. So they were, she has seven live births and, um, so I just, I always thought that, you know, her stance on certain things was so amazing. Like, you know, she was just a strong woman. She, she was like the, uh, real role model. Okay. That like, why wouldn't you want to look up to that? Right. But what I've learned is even though she taught me all of these different things, I don't see everyone didn't listen to her. Everybody did it. So I kind of look at my uncles and my aunties as my brothers and sisters because I was a miracle baby and my grandmother kind of like raised me and took care of me. She was always very close to me. And so um, on my journey to law um, school, because that's where I was going, I ended up taking a detour. I didn't want to do it anymore. And the reason why I didn't was because I would have been responsible for those souls of people that I interacted with. And so what that means is, so my grandmother, she said, look, I've been trying to talk to you and I wanted to pray with you about this, but I want you to know that you should not take a job if it's going to interfere with your relationship with God. And I'm going to say that again. She said, do not take a job if it interferes with your relationship with God. And so what that taught me was, and I was young, okay? And I, I just was like, oh, I really want to be a lawyer. But I'm, now that I think about this and I pray to God, I said, God, I, I don't want to take this job if it interferes with my relationship with you, meaning that every person that I would defend or either person, person, prosecute, I would be responsible for that. Like I, I am a person of high accountability. I've always had high accountability. 
So if I do something wrong, it's my fault. If I allow you to come into my life and you do something um, bogus to me, that was my fault that that happened because I allowed you to do that. Now I'm going to tell you about yourself and I'm going to still take accountability. You know, because that's what people that are accountable do. So like when I'm at work, I take full responsibility. I take ownership and accountability for the things that I do at work. So like if I'm sitting there and I'm not doing anything at work, oh no, I don't want to be idle at work. Maybe a couple minutes here and there or I'm taking a little break, but no, I, I am not going to abuse company time. Why I don't abuse company time? Guess what? When you are when you become a business owner, what you reap is what you sow. So if you abuse company time, when you become a business owner, your employees are gonna abuse your your company time. Don't think that it won't. It's not gonna repay you back. So you have to understand that some things they are not just you know like reaping what you sow. Some things happen in life specifically for you to be able to understand that God wants to use you for his glory. And so that's what I understand that I understand that too. Cause God was like, you know, you're going through this experience right now because I am using you for my glory. There is glory in within God's name at the end of the tunnel, at the end of this, God will be glorified. God will be glorified. So regardless of whatever experience that you're enduring, regardless of the adversity and the pain and the emotional numbness that you're going through, understand that at the end, God will be glorified. You will be able to give a testimony where you're going to say, hey, you know what? God did this for me. God brought me from here to there. So I, you can't break me from believing in God at all. Okay, so you can stop yourself with that. And I'm not going to debate about it. But if you have a question about God, I don't mind at answering any questions. So there is someone, her name is Yvette Lynn. She says that she can break a person. She can break me from believing in God real quick. Does God go to work for you every day? Does God actually give you income to pay your bills? She have a question about God. Why does he let such horrible things happen? Okay, so I, I believe that I just spoke about that. So let, let me just reiterate that to you because you wasn't in the room when I said that, okay? So I'm going to explain to you why God allows bad things to happen. Why does God take parents, children, children out of all children? Okay, I just explained this, okay? I did just explain it. So I'm going to explain it again, Okay. And I know that this could be like a very sensitive discussion, but um, and I did just log in. So please explain it again. Yes, I will explain it again because I am a person that went through a lot of pain. Okay. I went through a lot of emotional stress. I've been through pretty much all sorts of things that have happened to me. All right. And so I was only subjected myself to God. In a way where God answered these questions that I had. I had some of the same questions that you're asking me. And God answered them for me. 
So I wouldn't be here today to explain this to you if God didn't answer them for me because I was feeling upset with God about things that was taking place in my life. So I can say that too. I've had plenty of questions for God to answer. I'm glad he answered to you and not to me. Okay, so I just talked about this. Okay, so like God will answer you. But let me explain this to you. You have to you have to first make your get your heart softened. So your heart needs to be softened, all right, a little bit to be open to hear God. So just say, okay, God, I invite you into my heart and please speak to me. That is something that you need to invite God in to speak to me, God. Speak to me. I need you to speak to me. So that's the way that I talk to God. Yes, here my heart has been too soft, too soft to take advantage of and too soft to hate the world now because of how much I was taking advantage of. Okay. All right. I, I hear you. Okay. And so I'm, I'm explaining to you how you will hear God's voice. So you ask God, come into my heart and speak to me. He's keep my heart softened so that I can understand what, what it is you need me to understand. What are you trying to show me in this situation, God? Why? Right? God, this is what God explained to me. So, and you could look at my other podcast where I talk, I had conversations with God and it talks about part of my testimony, Right? But I have went through a lot. The thing that keeps your heart beating is your respiratory system and all the blood vessels connected to your heart to make it beat and pulse. Okay, so your respiratory system is actually the breath that God has breathed inside of you. Um, so God has breathed inside of um, Adam, which allowed him to have the breath of life. And now he can breathe now scientifically yes we have a respiratory system that is you know that can be explained that tries to explain the breath that is functioning within inside of us but for instance it's like the older you get the less your heart beats right the let the older you get the less your heart will beat so you there everything cannot be proven scientifically. You have to understand that God is supreme and God is all knowing. But I'm going to go back to what the conversation was. Actual actually, in factuality, scientifically, scientific wise, the older you get, the more your heart beat. Actually, no, it doesn't. The less the older you get it, that's reversed. So you have it reversed. What's important to understand is this. The devil goes outside the gates of heaven and he bargains with God over your soul, over the things that is going on in your life. So the way that he did Job, and I'm just giving this as an analogy, right? So the way he did Job, Job was perfect and upright in God's sight. So perfect in the word Hebrew means Tam. Tam is a strong concordance word in Hebrew that means to be mature in thought and action. So Job was perfect in Hebrew, meaning that he was mature in thought and action. But what happened was, see, the devil was upset because, see, once he got kicked out of heaven, you know, like he was mad at God, too, because he gave man choice. He gave us choice. And, and, and see, the devil didn't have that. 
Okay, so you asking too many questions. If you want a more in-depth discussion, I'll invite you on to the podcast where you can be a panelist and we can talk about this further. But I'm going to answer one question at a time. And I want to make sure that you like fully understand this. So I'm going to go back to your first question where why God allows horrible things to happen. And so now... Job was perfect and upright. With him being perfect and upright, he was mature in thought and action. So the devil was upset because God created man to have this choice and options. And so he goes outside the gates of heaven and he's bargaining with with God over Job. He's trying to get he's trying to get uh God to see that you know the only reason why Job is honoring you is because you blessed him with everything but if you start taking away some of his blessings start start taking away the things that he has take away his love that he has take away his children take away his his livelihood take away his land take away his farms his animals take away some of this stuff he going to curse you to your face he's not even going to acknowledge you so you have to understand the devil, it didn't stop at Job, okay? It doesn't say that he stopped. So we can we can say that it still continues, you know? So he's going outside the gates of heaven, plus he roams the earth to and from the earth, seeking whom he may devour. This is what the devil does. So he goes outside the gates of heaven, bargaining with God over your soul. And he tells God, look, look, hey, you know, let me take away what she have let me take away some of that love she got for these people and that person and this person and this and that and let me take away her job let me take away her home and her house let me take away these things and i'm sure that she's gonna curse you to your face she's not gonna believe in you anymore why would she if you take it all away why would she trust you anymore it's no reason to trust you after you taking everything away from her, especially if you take away the love that she have, why would she love you? She's not even going to know how to love anymore, right? So you have to understand that this isn't just a, a physical, you know, like, um, experience. This is a spiritual experience. And the only way that you can like fully understand the horrible things that is taking place in this world is that you need to be able to look at it from a perspective that is spiritual, right? So the, the Bible talks about in Romans 1 and 20, let's go to that. Uh, Romans 1 and 20, Romans 1 and 20, it says specifically, this is what it says for since the creation of the world, God's invisible qualities, his eternal power and divine nature have been clearly seen, being understood from what has been made so that people are without excuse. So let me explain this. You, we can't have excuse. So that's the problem. It's like, okay, yes, all of these things happened to me. You know, yeah, my husband cheated on me. He had kids with my best friend. You know, like he had all these kids. He had a sex addiction. He was just doing too much. Then I was married to the Ku Klux Klan family. You know, my kids had to experience all type of stuff. You understand? So it's like, God, how did I get deceived like that? Why did this happen to me? Why did you let this happen? 
So you have to understand. So how can you tell the difference between the devil and the normal humans? Because there are a lot of horrible people, more horrible than positive, which is what makes us great people so evil. No, I am not evil. Okay, I am good. See, we become good when we continue to embrace and give authority to the Holy Spirit. See, you're going, I talked about this the other day. Okay, so you give authority to certain realms. To, it takes time to break down. Maybe it hasn't quite hit you yet. Nah, it, it ain't, it ain't, it ain't, I don't, I'm not, I don't receive none of that. You have to understand something. See, I'm here for the long haul. You get it? I've been through it. So my life is a living testimony, living testimony. I'm a walking, living testimony of Christ. So some people are stronger than others emotionally. Yes, they are. But going back to the topic here, we have to, how do you want to keep living after so many negative things though? That's what I want to understand. Because like God, it's for God's glory. You understand like when, when you lose things, that is temporal. Everything in this world is temporal. So it's like God will show you how his, he will be glorified in it. You understand? So like things happen by nature. For instance, like there was just a hurricane. The hurricane just like tore up so many cities and some people passed away and everything like that. You know, you have to think about that was a natural occurrence. And then you have people out here in this world that die by murder, right? And those things is horrific, right? They, they have a real negative, significant impact in the lives of everybody that that person know. So you have to understand that death itself is something that is uncontrollable. So the power of life and death is in your tongue for what you speak. If you believe what you speak, it will come to pass. So your words have the power of life and death. God also has the power of life and death. So if you are to be like God, you're going to have these qualities just like God. You are not God, but you have his qualities. So whatever I bind on earth is bound in heaven. Whatever I loose on earth is loosed in heaven. And so I take my words and I say, therefore, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, I bind and cast down spiritual wickedness in high places. And I render them harmless and ineffective against me, my children, my family, over our finances. In Jesus name, I redeem God's assignment upon our life. So it doesn't matter about the situation or the circumstance. I know that when I call on God, he is going to save. He is going to provide me with the peace. He is going to answer my prayers. So whatever it is that I want to ask God, he's going to answer me. Now, when it comes to the scientific method, don't get me wrong. I'm getting a PhD right now in school. So like I have really been living a life that's based off logic. I'm not one of those feet type of females that is emotionally um, stimulated. I'm more so mentally intellectual and also logical. I'm a very logical person. So it's like, okay, if it's this or that, then it, it equals this, right? So when it's like that, I pay attention to things in a way that some people are not paying attention to them. So I want to make sure that the things that I do in my walk with God is the right way. And so God allows me 
what he does is he allows me the revelation and understanding that I need in his word because he is the one who helps me. He's the one who delivers me. So whatever it is that I want to know, God going to answer me. God is easier to talk to than people. So you can keep on relying on the scientific method if you want to. But I could tell you one thing. Even scientists know. Scientists know there ain't no such thing as no evolution. Even scientists know that they can't live on no Mars. They can't live on another planet. Even scientists know this. So if you, if you understand the scientific method or science, you understand that the solar system is closer to earth than the depths of our water you know the earth is 70 percent water mass and so they try to explore the the depths of the ocean and can't even understand it don't even have undiscovered sea creatures so it's not about them like fully trying to understand all of the power and works of God is just about them being in disobedience. It's like, okay, well, if God did, if God not doing this and God is not doing that, you know, they don't feel like they have to listen, but the word of God tells us ex explicitly why. So let's talk about this. So God allowed their hearts, allowed um, their hearts, uh, God allowed them to be blind. Okay. And so if you read the Bible, all of your answers for everything is in the Bible. Or if you just communicate with God, he's going to tell you. So let's look at some of these scriptures here. So we got uh, Matthew chapter 15. No, that, that wasn't it. I wanted to look at this other scripture on um, blindness. So we're going to go to um, Romans. Is it? Is it? So Romans 1 and 24 is quite a few scriptures here. Let me pull up the other one. So it's going to be Romans 1 and 24. And we're going to look at, um, let's look at Matthew 15, 14, and 16. And then I'm going to look at another scripture. Um, I'm going to look at John 12 and 40. All right, who go? So let's start in Romans 1 and 24. Therefore, God gave them over in God gave them over in the sinful desires of their hearts to sexual impurity for the degrading of their bodies with one another. So God, what he does is he just let people, you know, give in to their desires. If that's what you keep choosing, God gonna let you do it. Okay. So um, ma'am, God was the biggest con. No. Um way back then okay so that is disrespectful but i'm not going to respond to that i'm going to finish reading these scriptures and then i'm going to reflect back to the um podcast discussion so if you have any other further questions what you could do is send me an email and we can have a discussion directly all right so in romans 1 and 24 it said therefore god gave them over in the, their sinful desires of their hearts to sexual impurity to the degrading of their bodies with one another so what's really important is understanding that people are going to be given over to their sinful desires when they have these sinful desires god just allows them to continue on in their sinful desires that's it 
you know, so, because that's what they feel. And so that's what they're going to, you know, get entangled in. And so God gives it over to them. So if they choose not to believe in him, that God is going to abandon them to their beliefs. If they choose not to worship God, God doesn't force them to go to church. God doesn't force them not to forsake the assembly. But if they choose to, that's what they choose to do. So God allows them to make their free will, their free choice. As it says in Romans 1 and 20. For since the creation of the world, God's invisible qualities, his eternal power and divine nature have been clearly seen, being understood from what has been made so that people are without excuse. So let me just pray for the, the lady that was just in the room with us because I feel that she has a lot of questions and she's going through a lot. So let's go ahead. I would like to pray. So I would like to pray for you, Yvette. I see that you just returned back in the room and I'm going to pray for you. So Father God, we just we just come boldly before your throne of grace, God. We just lift up the person right here that is listening in this podcast that has so many questions for you, God. We just pray in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, sealed with your blood, God, that you allow this person to be able to understand who you are, understand your word, whatever it takes, Father God. God, we just thank you right now that whatever whatever they have accepted into their life to overthrow you or to overpower you out of their life, God, that you allow them to walk back into your righteousness, regardless of whatever decisions and regardless of whatever choices that they made, Father God. We just ask that you allow them to walk back into your divine righteousness, Lord, whatever it takes, whatever it takes, God, shaking and awakener, God, in the name of Jesus Christ. We just thank you in advance. We plead the blood of Jesus over the top of her head to the soles of her feet. God, thank you so much, God. Thank you for being you. God, we just ask that you just remove every demonic, evil spirit that is surrounding this person from the inside and out, God. We just command them to flee right now in the name of Jesus Christ. And we ask right now, Father God, for your divine intervention, your miracle to take to take place. And we ask for you to please, God, allow your will to be done no matter what, God. Allow them to have understanding of your word, God. Let them see clearly through your eyes and not their own. And to hear clearly through your ears and not their own, God. So remove the blindness. Remove the hardened heart, God. And allow them to have a heart that is soft and melted for you. Allow them to be able to understand you, your plan, will, and purpose for them, God. Whatever it takes, God. Send your children to plant and water seeds in their life, God. Uproot the things in their life and in their mind and their heart that have prevented them from believing in you, God. We just ask right now, God, that you uproot it from the root. Every single thought, every single mindset, every tradition, every stronghold, God, we ask that you replace it with your redemption, God. Give, the, give them redemption, God. And we just thank you right now in advance. For your will being done. Not ours, not theirs, not anyone else's. And so we rebuke and counsel every word curse. 
We cancel every word curse right now in the name of Jesus Christ. Spoken in the name of Jesus. And God, we just thank you for your word being planted in water in Jesus' name. We thank you. It is sealed in your blood in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. All right. See. So she says, thank you. I was so loud. She was raised to believe in it. And didn't know nothing. She was forced to go to church and forced to do everything right. And didn't make one mistake. And now her life is horrible. She asked for forgiveness. And she prayed. Okay. Say things she don't mean. So nice. But life has hit so hard in the Grinch now. And just in. Okay. Well, God is going to transform your heart. You have to just allow God to come into your heart and to transform your heart. And, you know, like when you're going through these experiences, you're going through them. You're not going to stay there. That's the thing. You're not going to stay there. It's like, what is God trying to show you in your situation? What is God trying to show you in your experience? Talk to God. You know, like even if you're at work and you're having problems at work and you don't seem to understand like how to go to the next level or how to get promoted. Ask God, gosh, what am I not seeing that is not allowing me to work effectively? I need to work better. I want to work better here at work. I want to get promoted. I want to do better. I want to figure this out. Whatever it takes, God, help me see what I need to see. So the problem lies with you confessing to God and speaking to God, inviting the Holy Spirit, talking to God, allowing him to speak back to you. You know, like I said, I said earlier that you have two ears to listen to the voice of God just as much as you speak. So you should listen more than you speak. So be willing to listen to what God is saying. When you ask, you can ask God, whatever it is that you want, cry out. It's time for you to get on your knees and just cry out to God. That's what I did. I just get on my knees and I just cried. God, God, that's all I could say was God. Like every tear, you feel these tears, God. You feel the pain in my heart, God. I've been so bad that it's taking care of me. And I can see him in pain. Well, you know, I think that what you should do is just pray, you know, like we just pray. So now it's just time for you to focus on the now, right? It's about you focusing on the now and what is it that you could do in your life now to progress in your relationship and your walk with Christ. Okay. That is what's so important. Understanding what you can do. That is positive. That is good. Okay. So, um, back to Romans 1 and 24. And like I said, you should, you can send me an email and I'll, you know, we can have a direct discussion. Okay. So for the sake of the podcast, I just want to make sure that, you know, I am on topic because there are like over 800 people listening. And so it's kind of important to make sure that they all everyone is receiving the same amount of information so i'm i'm i pray to god that 
the words that um we talked about today will resonate in your heart romans 1 and 20 um also romans 1 and 24 that you know like god gives us up to certain desires that we have so sometimes when people are not understanding what god is saying it's because they're following these desires that God don't want us to follow. It's like, okay, yeah, I had a desire to smoke. Yeah, I did. But that didn't mean that it wasn't defiling my body. God says that your body is a temple. So I know that if I'm smoking and I'm defiling my body with smoking, that isn't something that I'm honoring my body with God. So we have to pay attention to our desires. Yes, you think that just because you have, you know, like someone speaks out of, Okay, so, um, you know, the desires that people have, they are, you know, sometimes succumb to those things. It, it is congruent to them fulfilling those desires rather than them fulfilling the things that God wants them to do. So we look, we look at Matthew 15, 14, and 16. It says, let, let them alone. They be blind leaders of the blind. And if the blind lead the blind, both shall fall into the ditch, Right. Then answered Peter and said unto him, Declare unto us this parable. And Jesus said, Are ye also yet without understanding? See, so people are still not going to understand what the word of God is saying. But God is saying, Hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah. So um God is saying that we, you know, like leaders, blind leaders leading the blind, they're gonna fall into a ditch. It's like, okay, if you're sitting back listening to all these deceptive practices. The reason why you listening to these deceptive practices when they say, okay, well, you should get this and you should get this dosage of this COVID shot and take the fourth dose, take the fifth dose, take the seventh, take the 11th dose. So the reason why people fall into these uh, sort of uh, deceptive practices is because of the fact that they desire to believe a lie. They're not desiring to believe the truth. They're not desiring for God to show them and reveal them to what, what is taking place. They're desiring that this news that they're receiving is true. So they want to believe the lie. They're not desiring anything else besides that. So that's why they they become they become succumb to the things that are deceptive because they are following these deceiving spirits they are following deceptive practices they are following blind leaders that are leading them to continually be blind so that's what this but that's what the scripture saying so why would I want to follow somebody that's telling me your favorite celebrity that told you to go out here and get the COVID shot but the COVID shot is changing your genome, your genetic DNA that God has given you and has replaced it with an unknown DNA sequence. And now 
Guess what? Do you feel condemned for that for the rest of your life? Absolutely not. What you have to understand is all of these things take place as a preconditioning mechanism so that you can be subjected to what? More of it in the future. It's all about influence. You being sold to this influence. This world is an influence. How much is your influence worth? How much is, how much are you, you bought, how much could you be bought for? It's all about this influence. The influence to purchase this car, purchase these shoes, get this house over that house. You have all of these different uh, multiple options, right? That somewhat tries to limit your ability to be able to see things clearly. But see, God abandons people to they do desires because guess what they are desiring these deceptive practices to be true they have grown so much to following deceiving spirits that that's all they know how to believe is a deceiving spirit let me go to that scripture too So if you go to um first Timothy chapter four, verse one, it says the spirit clearly says that in later times, some will abandon the faith and follow deceiving spirits and things taught by demons. Right. So when you see a person, do you see a demon or do you see a person? So let's look this up. I want to um I want to go back to the Strong's Concordance and I'm going to look this up more in depth. Now, King James Bible, it says devils. So it says, now the spirit speaketh expressly that in the later time, some shall depart from the faith, giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils. A doctrine is literature. They following literatures of devils. So when you look at the word, let's look at the Sean's Concordance. We're going to go to um, the word uh, devils. And as I stated, we're going to be looking. So since this is in um, 1 Timothy 4 and 1, this is going to be in the New Testament. And it's going to be, why is it not coming up? Hold on a second. Hold on, let me see. It's going to be written in Greek. Okay. So the word devil and um, wait a minute, this is okay. So this is Strong's number 1139 and it means to be possessed by a demon. And the translation is diamatisano. I'm trying to, I'm trying to pronounce it right. It is pronounced uh zombie hill okay and it means possessed by a demon so some people are possessed by demons right so they'll be under like this evil spirit of a demon and the reason why they are possessed like that he 
So what what happens is we see people and when they're they're doing certain things, they can have demons inside of them. That's because they have really given complete authority over that demon in their life. And so now a habit has become automatic and automatic behavior has now become a part of their norm. And so now the demon is now a part of their norm. And so with that being said, people just have to get those demons just cast out of them. And you could touch yourself, touch yourself, put your hand on your head. God, I just rebuke every demonic spirit, every demonic demon inside of me in the name of Jesus. I command to flee right now in the name of Jesus Christ. So you understand that what God is saying something, it means a lot. And so I was praying in tongues. So I pray in tongues a lot. Okay. And um, so going back to Matthew 15. So these blind leaders are leading the blind because they are following deceiving spirits. The Bible is telling us in 1 Timothy 4 and 1 that in the later times that some shall depart from the faith, from their faith, their faith. And they will give heed to seducing spirits, deceitful spirits that are doctrines of devils, okay? So that, that doctrines of devil could be anybody telling you like anything that's in contradiction to the word of God. So in, in John 1 and 1, it says that in the beginning was the word, the word was God and the word was with God. So when you read the word of God, it becomes living word. It's God. See, you can't, some people don't understand what that means because guess what? God has blinded them. Let's go to John 12 and 40. So you go to John 12 and 40. It says, he has blinded their eyes and hardened their hearts so they can neither see with their eyes nor understand with their hearts nor turn and I will heal them. See, see, everyone has been given a measure of faith, but it is impossible without faith. It is impossible to please God. So some people have inverted faith. They have negative faith. So now they, they don't have faith in God. They just now have doubt and unbelief in things. So their doubt and unbelief is congruent to them, you know, supporting the, the, kingdom of satan because see the opposite of god is the devil the opposite of good is bad the opposite of evil is faith in god so all of these things you have to understand that the enemy wants to do everything opposite from what god is saying so they hearts are hardened and their eyes are blinded because God has given them over to their desires. So uh, thank you for the love. I appreciate that too. God has given them over to their desires. So the things that they desires is to follow these deceiving spirits. That's what the word of God says they're going to do. So if somebody tell you they're not that the world is not following deceiving spirits, that is a lie. 
people are abandoning their faith and following deceitful spirits and doctrines, teachings of demons and devils. And, and this is what the word of God say. So when you see people worshiping the devil and you see people worshiping demons and you see people following the, these the, the uh, literature or teachings of evil, they are doing that because the Bible already said that it will happen. This wasn't going on before the New Testament, was it? And if it was, guess what? The Bible still mentions it. It was going to take place anyway. So God's word doesn't return to him void. So, and this is a great example to understand what days and times that we're living in. We are living in the latter times. Because it says here in the King James, now the spirit speak it expressly. That in the later times, the latter times, some shall depart from faith. Now, is this, has this happened already? Now we're going to look at some eschatology. So eschatology is the study of Bible prophecy. This is a prophetic word here, okay? This is prophetic. First Timothy chapter 4 verse 1. This is a prophetic word that's coming from scripture. This is prophecy. So do we, can we see this? Is this happening right now? In the later times, some shall depart from the faith, giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils. So now if we was living in the time like, so long ago where i can't even calculate that do you see people departing from their faith in god people that once believed in god like the young lady that was just in the room she said that she did believe in god that's one person how many people you know that have departed from their faith so that's a prophecy. This is a prophecy here. Are we living? What time are we living in? Because if people are departing from their faith and following deceitful spirits, guess what? How many people in the world receive the COVID vaccine? Is that not following deceiving spirits? Now, I'm not talking about the reason why this person did it, why they did this, how come, how, who convinced them to do it, what influenced them. I'm not, I'm just simply asking one question. And that question is this. Was that not a deceitful practice with COVID vaccinations? And if so, how many people in the world were deceived by his practice? This is Bible prophecy here. So Bible prophecy can't be eradicated. Bible prophecy can't be extinguished. So 
They were follow, people have followed deceiving spirits in the later times and also doctrines of devils. So moving forward, going back to John 12 and 40, he has blinded their eyes and hardened their hearts so they can neither see with their eyes nor understand with their hearts, nor turn and I will heal them. So if they turn away from their heart of hardness, or at least invite God into their heart. God will turn and heal them. I'm going to say that again. If they invite God into their hardened hearts and just say it, just say they invite God, they, they allow God to talk to them. God will turn and heal them. That's what this says. So now I'm going to go back to the blog. So I had started out at 2 Thessalonians. Um, 2 Thessalonians 3, 6-15. So we should not be idle. Because being idle allows us or people to have disruptive living so that means you are going to be able to be influenced by gossip slander covetousness jealousy all these type of different things just from being idle you got too much free time that's why the word of god says the one who is unwilling to work shall not eat but the people who make it hard for the people that are unwilling to work they will be accountable for all of the souls that they have impacted. So let me explain this. Like remember when I was just talking about prior to uh Yvette coming into the room, I was just talking about me um finishing up and going to law school. And so I didn't want to be a lawyer anymore because of the fact that I will be responsible for each each person that I help defend. Or persecute. And so within my conscience, I'm like, see, I think about those type of things. Like I said, when I'm at work, I'm accountable. I take ownership and accountability. If I messed up, I usually I have minimal, minimal error. Especially when you're dealing with data, you should have a less than a really one percent margin of, of human error, which really in um industry standard is, is 0.5 less than a five percent margin of human error so we are supposed to be working hard and doing what we're supposed to do so in order to have a clear conscience you want to make sure that you're doing the right thing i don't want to do nothing that is wrong like that especially i'm gonna have to give an account to god absolutely no no to the no 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 and no again so i didn't want to take a job where i knew that this job is going to require me to always stay in constant prayer and it was just a lot of ownership and accountability that i was thinking about like okay so if this person is a criminal and then i really defend a criminal the bible says this i'm gonna go to this one another scripture It says, uh, woe unto the person. Go to Isaiah 5 and 20. 
Woe to those who call evil good and good evil. So this scripture really is embedded in my heart forever. Through the blood of Jesus, this scripture is embedded in my heart. So what this means is that we should not be out here saying that good is evil or evil is good. God says, woe to those. So if I'm out here and, and like my grandma said, if you take a job that interferes with your relationship with God, you are going to be accountable for that. So if I was to be a judge on a bench, which if I wanted to, I could be, right? I would be accountable for every single person that I judge. I don't want to do anything like that. I don't want a job like that. <laughs> you know, and I'm not making fun of the judges that are out here. I'm just saying like, no, I, that type of ownership and accountability, like my mind is like, I'm always accountable. Like if something happened, I'm like, oh my God, how? And then like, I take responsibility. You understand? So that's important for me to maintain that. And it's, it's, it's specifically, I learned this in my walk with Christ. I've been understanding God ever since I was a kid. I am a miracle child. I've had so many the miracles that have happened in my life. Maybe I'm going to do a podcast just about the miracles that God has done for me. But I just want to make sure that everyone know that being a lawyer, lawyers are sometimes they can't say, Good is evil and evil is good. And I don't want to be subjected to doing that on a on a daily basis. Absolutely not. Because that means that I will be responsible for all of those souls. So we are, as teachers, we are responsible for the souls of people that we encounter. Period. So this is important. Okay. We have to make sure that we are exhausting ourselves in a way where we're trying to, you know, make sure that we maximize the goodness that is within us. And sometimes it's hard to do that. For instance, like I said, I didn't even know that I had these embedded like sexual, uh, sexual thoughts that were so deep. You know, I didn't even understand like when I was feeling like that, it was making me feel like, okay, so why am I feeling like I'm having a sexual withdrawal? This isn't normal. So what I'm saying is we just have to be cautious about our lives and what we choose to allow to come into our lives and what we choose to say is good and what we choose to say is bad. You know, many times people are not going to be able to understand the fullness of God because if you don't invite God into your life, if you don't give him the authority, then how are you letting him work in your life? God got to work with you externally. He can't work with you from within if you don't allow him to work from you internally. He's going to send people externally in your life to speak to you, to talk to you, to touch your heart. You understand? Maybe at work. That's why I say if you're having problems at work on getting promoted, if you want to re be repositioned in your position, get you get on your knees and pray. God, show me what I need to do. 
so that I can understand this task at work so I could be promoted on to the next stage. See, you have not because you ask not. Quit, quit asking all these other people. They don't know. God, no. Make yourself available to God. Meaning, make your ears available to listen to the voice of God. God speaks to your mind. God speaks to you internally. God speaks to you externally. Anything that you hear good is from God. Even if it's from an unbeliever. Because all good comes from God. So if you see that some people have traits and qualities that are good and they speak in certain good things, that's still, that means that that person still has a little God in them. Otherwise, they wouldn't speak nothing good. See, evil people, they don't have anything good to say. They don't have nothing good, nothing positive. If you see a person who you might have thought was corrupt, you might have thought was evil, they're not going to have anything good to say. Because evil don't have good things to talk about. Now, if they still get God in them, a little bit, they're going to still say something good. So just pay attention. Take the positives. Take all of the positive attributes and discard the rest. But I'm going to tell everybody like this. If, if for any reason you doubt in anything that God is saying, you need to ask God. I'm going to tell you, I had... I don't know how many hundreds of thousands, hundreds of hours, probably thousands of hours that I didn't talk to God. So understand we need to talk to God on a regular basis. If you need an answer, ask God. And don't just ask him without asking him to keep your heart softened. And your ears open to hear and understand him. So let me go ahead and stop the share, screen share. All right, so let's go ahead and pray, okay? So Father God, we just come boldly before your throne of grace. We thank you so much for your word today, Lord. I thank you so much for me being able to talk to people and be able to minister to them and also pray in tongues for them, Lord God. I thank you, Lord. God, for giving me the gift of praying in tongues. I thank you, God. So what I ask you right now, Lord God, is that you allow us to be able to get all the answers that we have. At whatever it is that anybody, I'm talking about everybody in the world right now, Father God. Shaking and awakening each and every person, each and every one of us, God, and allow us to understand whatever it is that we're unsure of, God. Allow our hearts to be softened enough so that we can get the answers that we seek, God. Allow us to have attentive ears so our, our ears will be sensitive to your voice, God. And I know what your word says, God. You said it's your word. In your word, God, you have blinded them, God. And you have hardened in their hearts, God. But for those whose eyes are willing to be open for you, God. Those whose hearts are willing to hear you, God. 
open their hearts, God, so that their hearts can be open and softened and melted and, uh, and, and acceptable to you, Lord God. Allow them to see the ones that are willing to see, God, and understand you and perceive what you say, God. Allow, allow them to be able to understand it. Whatever it takes, Lord, whatever it takes, God, these are your children, Father God, specifically your children that are lost, but are destined for your holy nation, God. And, and God, please allow the body of Christ. Let us all continue to be bold for you, God. God, you said that we we are, we are the salt of the world, a city on a hill that cannot be hidden. Thank you, God. So we just ask that you continue to bless us. And I pray that you specifically help the person that was in this room, God, and that you get rid of every demonic and de every demonic demon and evil spirit that is influencing them in the name of Jesus Christ, God. And we just ask that you just fill them up with your presence in Jesus name, shaking and awakening them all, Lord God, in the name of Jesus Christ. Father God, let them let, let us all influence each person, each spirit through the power of your Holy Spirit. Let us dominate every single spirit that we encounter in Jesus' name. So God, we just thank you for your love, mercy, and grace. And most importantly, God, we ask that you please allow your will to be done in our life. In the name of Jesus Christ, it is said in your atonement blood. Amen. All right. Thank you all so much for joining me today. Once again, um... If you wanted to suggest a topic, remember, I told everyone that I am about to be switching um, podcasts. Uh, the next topic is either going to be perceived as thugs, why I'm going to be talking about gangs, exonerations. Um, so if you would like to become a guest speaker or know anyone that would like to come on and, and talk about that, that is going to be the next podcast. Or I was thinking about talking about the different names of God. Okay, so. Just let me know what you, your thoughts are. Send me an email at lawslifehelp at suddenchangescorporation.org. I appreciate you all for joining me tonight. I will see you all tomorrow. You have a good night.